This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast with myself, Patrick Smith, on the Blood Red channel, where we bring you all the inside information and tactical insights into Liverpool's next opponents. There'll be no more Premier League for the Reds until October after this weekend's clash with Chelsea was postponed following last weekend's postponement of Wolves, so it's full steam ahead in the Champions League with Ajax making the trip to Anfield on Tuesday night. Well, joining me now to provide all the info on Ajax is Dutch football expert Michael Statham. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Lovely to have you on. Lovely to have you on. So you're a bit of a Dutch football expert specialising in the Eredivisie. Tell us a bit about what you do. Yeah, so um, love the Eredivisie. A um, bit about Dutch national team too. Write for a site called footballadani.com. It's all in English. So if you like your Dutch football or want to get into it, do check us out. It's football and then Adania is or- like orange, but instead of a G, you put the J. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Brilliant, lovely stuff. Go and check that out, guys, if you do have an interest in it. But let's get started, Michael. If you give us a general overview, it's been a bit of a turnaround for Ajax. We've seen them do this before. Lots of changeover in staff and players. It's not their first rodeo on this, but how have they changed then this season? Yeah, it's pretty regular. Everyone seems to know that Ajax sort of rebuilds every year, every couple of years, where they sell players and get some new ones in. This year's no different. I think, actually, it's above average with the amount of people that have left this time. A few more key players... A couple have come to the Premier League. We've got Lissandra Martinez now, Tiro Malassia here. Um, but the main co- main thing is the head coach has gone. Eric Ten Hag has gone to United as well. And he's replacing Alfred Schroeder. There was a, a lot of criticism, myself included, when he first came in. And so far, he's been ticking all the boxes. Six wins out of six in the Eredivisie. And uh, a 4-0 win over Rangers, which is pretty incredible performance. And then it was relentless. It's wave after wave after for attack. Um, just feels like all of that, Really good play we've been seeing from Ajax in the last few years in the Champions League. It's carrying on, it's continuing. We won six out of six group games last season, but couldn't get past Benfica and over those two legs in the last 16, which is a lot of attention came on that. You know, did Ten Hag fail his side there? We're not getting through that. Was it his players? Was it the little deficiencies? What was it? It's hard to put your finger on, but it, let's see how they got on this time because it was a great first performance against Rangers and it just feels like they can get out of this group again. Um, and it's a great chance against Liverpool. Uh, this is probably the biggest chance they could have in a, in a while against such a, a strong team from England. I mean, you mentioned there, you know, it's such a classic Ajax philosophy, isn't it? Free-flowing attacking football under Ten Hag. Has there been any change at all under the new manager? Or is it, as you said, pretty much the same as? Is there any tactical or formational change? They're still playing that that old 4-3-3. Um, and, and whilst there's been little tweaks, it's largely been the same. It's mainly been with the personnel. The personnel have main, mainly switched over um, the biggest one, which which draw my attention, is uh, Ryan Havenberg leaving to go to Bayern Munich. I, mean, I think he should have stayed. Such a young talent, needed more time in the Netherlands to develop. And his replacement has been from their own academy, Kenneth Taylor. Um, we sort of add into the hype train in the UK for him because I think he now now he's been given that first team opportunity. He has a high ceiling. He could be with the Dutch national team um, in the coming games. We have got the international break, maybe even the World Cup, but certainly thereafter. The way he's going at the moment. He links the play really well. Good passer, um, great movement. Typical Ajax midfielder with everything that he does, but just adds a little bit more going forward than a couple of his predecessors in midfield. Um, he might have a get a goal or two in him than Ryan Havenberg. And let, let's see what he does in a game like this. Um, asked a couple of times in the build to this, you know, how good is this Ajax side compared to 2019? And my answer is, well, we don't quite know yet because in the Eredivisie, 
that can win those games over the last years, whatever side they have, actually, is the barometer is going to be the Champions League and the Rangers game was good, but how can they get on against Liverpool? That's the next big test. Yeah, exactly. That is the big test. And we'll go through the defence midfield attack. Let's stay with the midfield then. Kenneth Taylor, very English sounding name, but a promising Dutch midfielder. <laughs> Losing Gavin Birch, you know, Liverpool's midfield at the moment has been the main source of their problems. Yeah. Do you think Ajax, is, that's their best opportunity to win the game in the midfield like Napoli did? Yes, yeah, so I spoke to, to Matt Addison from you guys about, about this and he said, pointed out midfield and I said, well, actually, Ajax's strength is, is the midfield. Their strength is keeping the ball, moving it around lots, creating lots of opportunities. Um, and I, I just see the same happening again, that this is going to be such an open game. It could be 50-50 for possession. Ajax will not sit back and they're going to create chance after chance. And how Liverpool respond to that is what can they offer in return? That's why I think you know, both teams to score is, for, for me, I think should be a given. It's such such an open occasion, I think, this. Um, but yeah, the midfield, Kenneth Taylor's, he's a number eight nowadays. He's got his starting spot nailed down, it seems. And it's players around him. People know Edson Alvarez. He was the number six last season and was nearly plucked away by Chelsea, but he stayed and he's doing well. Um, and then it, there's a, a few options to number 10. People may remember David Davy Klaassen, his time at Everton. But Stephen Burkhouse is most likely to start. He's Dutch international, great left peg. Um, he's got a good shot, good cross on him. But it could change. It could, there's a few options there for that position. Um, and yeah, that their strength comes from out in the wide positions and what they can create. Um, it's talk going to talk about midfielders, but actually it's a midfielder playing as a striker who's drawing a few few people's attentions to, to this. And it's Mohamed Kudus, who nearly went to again, I'm mentioning Everton on the wrong podcast, Your <laughs> Honor. <laughs> but he nearly went to them and <laughs> he scored a couple of goals, you know, against Head and Bain in the league and Rangers in the Champions League. And he now looks like he could be the the false nine in the Champions League when they're not going to have too much of the ball and dominate games, but he's a bit technical ability and what he offer in those forward areas it, for so long this season, he didn't start a game and myself included the Ajax fans were going, well, why isn't he starting a game? He, he's such a great talent with what he can offer. Um, and he was almost fed up to the point of leaving. And now he's been given his chances taking it. And I look forward to seeing what he can do against Liverpool. When you mentioned there about Kudus, you know, do you think he is the main danger? And we'll move on to the attacking area of Ajax because it's really exciting. Kudus, you said, used to play as a number 10. He's now playing further at the pitch. He's dynamic. He's technically capable. His finishing is impeccable. That goal he scored against Rangers in the Champions League last week. <laughs> what a finish. You know, is he the main danger man for Liverpool, do you think? Yeah, it's, when you've got so many different people around, I think it's hard to pick one particular person. I think Kudus could be one of those people to look out for. But actually, Stephen Burkwine is coming with a point to prove. Another one, Ajax seem to flirt with these Premier League names, bringing them to, to their club from the Premier League, especially if they've not had the best of times. And Bergfine, since coming back to the Netherlands, has, has been great. He's been scoring goals. He looks confident. He looks like he, he how he's playing for the Dutch national team. Um, he looks like a really dangerous forward. Um, and I can see him coming to England and going, well, actually, you know, I, I need to play well. I didn't, didn't do so well in England my last time. And he had these little moments, didn't he? Where he was looking excited, looked like he could produce something. But those that regular run of games is what he needed. And Ajax is giving him that. And he looks absolutely right for the World Cup now. I think he'll be the biggest danger and he'll be probably be playing the left wing. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, I mean, Trent has been exposed at times recently and let's yeah. hope it's not the same repeat for Liverpool fans, but it could be a dangerous one for them. Well, let's move back down the other end of the pitch then and Ajax's defence. They obviously lost Sandra Martinez, a brilliant player for them. You know, people are 
taking the mick, we'll say, with Sam United, but he is a good defender. How have Ajax coped with him leaving? How have they rebuilt the defence? Well, so far, so good. They've had a number of clean sheets already. And Calvin Bass is coming from Rangers, and he's looking like he'll be fit for this game. He could be the person that takes Martinez's place as being someone who is physical and has some pace about them as well. That's something that Ajax backline was lacking, and then he has that. Um, something Martinez didn't have was the height. He had some physicality. I think Bassi brings that. He's not bad on the ball either, and he's learning pretty quickly how Ajax play. Um, yeah, he look, he looks good. And next to Jurgen Timber, who was linked with Manchester United this summer, um, another big Dutch talent coming through. Um, but it's it's the fullback areas I'm a little more worried about for Ajax, and it's where Liverpool could exploit. Um, last season, they were criticised for leaving too many players in forward areas in these bigger games. I think Alfred Schroeder, the new head coach, has realised that. But his fullbacks, they get forward. But you've got one problem on the left side of it could be Daily Blint that starts. It may not be. Um, but he's most likely to. And he's ageing now. He doesn't quite have the pace coming back. And in one on one situations, he's not always the strongest. Um, and on the right back, you've got Devon De Lynch, who's a young talent, but is a young talent. He's raw. Um, and he's not stepping up to yet being that first choice right back. But their other right back who's arrived from South America, Jorge Sanchez, doesn't look like he's quite ready yet for the, the heights of playing Liverpool away in the Champions League. So there's a bit of, I say, worry there for Ajax in those fullback areas. That's where you're going to get some joy, I think. Um, and I think we shouldn't go too much further. I mentioned Dusan Tadic, who's probably going to play in the right wing in this game. It's a new role for him, but he's since moving back to Ajax has been incredible. I think people have seen his numbers. He's churned out goals and assists. He is the assist king. He got a hat-trick off him from the right wing at the weekend. Um, yeah, his influence should not be forgotten. And some of the criticism he's got from the Ajax fans, who, as you can tell from what I've said already, are quite, you know, they have this pressure and these high expectations of their mm. players. They have to achieve in Europe. It's, their, it's, their, it's how they get their joy now, I think, their fans. Um and then he's someone who hasn't quite done what he's done in the past, but he's still a threat from the right side. Yeah, it's almost like they've outgrown the Eredivisie to their fans. And Talich scores the assist yeah. king. I believe he set an assist record, didn't he? The most assists in Europe or something of all of all time or in the past 10 years. Yeah, How people were that? saying that he had more than, than Lionel Messi, I think, in a calendar yeah. year. It was ridiculous that. <laughs> That's the one of the most assists in the calendar year in Europe, yeah. I mean, but my next question is, where are the weak parts of Ajax's team? You know, where can Liverpool exploit? And you've basically answered that already with the fullbacks. Mm. Is that a real area of concern? Because Diaz has been Liverpool's best player, and obviously Mohamed Salah, so dangerous. Is that where Liverpool will get at Ajax, do you think? Yeah, because Ajax likes to push them forward and they don't always get back quite in time. And you've got that thing of Adanch not quite being one of the better players in the team yet. He is one of the weaker links you could pick out. And David Blint's been criticised by many people for Ajax and the Dutch national team. But what he brings on the ball is very good. I wonder whether they could switch it up. Owen Vindal was a new left-back, but he didn't have like the sweetest of starts for Ajax. So most likely to be the full-back areas. But I think it's going to be one of those cases of both teams are going to be going for each other. And I see goals being scored with both ends. We've also got 11 minutes through as well without mentioning Darwin Nunes because he is going to be the ghost that's coming back to Horton Ajax. I mean, you mentioned how they won six of their group stage matches and couldn't get past Benfica in the knockouts. It was such an exciting Ajax team building. Mm. But Darwin Nunes, the Liverpool signing, of course, scored for Benfica that header in mm. Amsterdam. Is it going to be a reunion, hopefully, that Ajax can get the better in with? So on our, on our English language Dutch football podcast, we've, we've got the thumbnail of Nunes being a Liverpool player on there for our podcast of the game. Um, uh, yeah, for that reason, that he might be coming back to haunt Ajax again here. His height and the way he scored that goal uh, against Ajax and knocked them out, 
it's kind of summed up one of their only weaknesses at the time, which was at the centre-backs. It didn't feel like anyone was owning that penalty area when it came to balls that were whipped into the box. Um, there were players that, that could do it, but if you, if you think about the centre-backs, they need to mark a couple of players and it's up to other players to try and keep hold. And it just felt like that, that was something Ericsson Hag never really got a true hold of, was it was those set pieces and how they could deal with balls into the box when they came from the wide areas and not a long ball. Um, but Bassi may be part of solving that problem next to Timber. We'll see in this game whether that is the case against a physical English team that are going to have some of the ball. Um, and yeah, they, they just fell flat on that evening against Benfica. I, I just don't know where that came from um, when they've been doing so well in the group stage and you've seen it again against Rangers. I just don't I just don't see that kind of flat performance again. I think it's going to be pretty even Stevens of possession and chances at both ends and it's whoever can take them that win this game. Um, but I personally see it being a draw. I think it's going to be it's quite nip and tuck as to who scores the goals. Mm. I mean, but based on that, do you think the expectation for Ajax this season in the Champions League then is to reach, you know, at least the quarterfinals, maybe in the semi-finals, or do you think they'll be given time to rebuild after losing obviously Ten Hag and so many of their players? It feels like if they don't get through, that that will be the excuse from the board. But they actually have this expectation that they get to at least the last sixteen, and their ambition is to be one of those teams get into the semi-finals, at least the quarter-finals every single year. They want to compete um, and push the boundaries as to what's expected now for a Dutch team in Europe. But Ajax, I think, can do that. They have some great players who actually have hit the ground running together as a group already, which just surprised me. I didn't think it would be quite so quick. But they've just spent lots of money, and I think that that, that does talk in the Eredivisie. But in the Champions League, how does that translate? I think we'll see that against Liverpool, how they got what it takes. And the double header against Napoli, can they do it? Can they get through? I, I think they'll be top two. And then it'll be at what they do after that, the last 16 and onwards. It's, it's a true test to this side. Yeah, Liverpool could really find themselves in trouble conceding for last week. Ajax obviously scoring for. It could be really, really bad for the Reds. Well, let's move back on then to Tuesday nights. How do you predict Ajax's lineup to be? Formation and players? Yeah, I think it'll be a 4-3-3. And we're going to see Remco pass for a continuing goal. An aging goalkeeper, but very experienced, solid pair of hands. They went um, over half a season with pass view and goal, only exceeding five goals in the Eredivisie last season. But that then soon ended, actually, when pass view was, was out injured. So that, that was an interesting um, thing that you don't see his influence when he plays. When he doesn't play, you soon notice. I'll be um, no Martin Stecklenberg. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I predict a back four of Blint, Bassi, Timber and uh, Lynch, but it could be a couple of changes there. You're more likely to see a, a surprise name or two in the midfield, five you could call it. Um, you're going to see Berkvine playing on the left, then the midfield being Kenneth Taylor as a number eight, Edson Alvarez as number six. And in number 10, I predict it'll be Stephen Berkhaus. And on the right wing will be Dusan Talic and they'll be supporting Mohamed Kuda, super play as a false nine again. Um, him playing as Rangers in the head and vein, playing well, says to me he'll play again. Some options from the bench. Brian Brobby is a striker, big striker. Um, he's been used in those games where they have lots of possession and they score lots of goals. But this isn't one of those games. It doesn't suit his, his, his strengths as a striker. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, more, there's more options off the bench as well. I, I think if something's not quite going their way, they have got people to bring on, um, switch things up. There's some exciting players from South America, like I said, who could play in this game. Um, Conte Sal is a right winger who could come on. We'll see what happens. And yeah, I think I think this will be a good game. 
Yeah, Bergan and Kudus could be the threats in behind. Well, the last question, Michael, I'm going to ask you is a score prediction. I think you've already given a hint at the result prediction, but what do you reckon the score will be? Yeah, so I was saying Matt Addison was an hour one, and we both went for the same one. We both thought it might be 2 2. Um, and, and, and it's just because we can see goals both ways, and whilst it could swing either way, there could be a 2 1 in either team's favour. I think you'll be very much in, in, in both sides going for each other. If you put Ajax in the Premier League, I think you're looking at a team that could be pushing the top six, but not quite at that level this season, given that they lost a few players. And Liverpool at the moment, they're not playing like a top six side, are they? They're kind of just below that level. And that's why I think it'd be pretty, pretty 50-50. Um, but they've no doubt got some quality players and, and so have Ajax, but both sides got a deficiencies as well. That midfield area that you picked up on, I, I, I can just see Ajax having a lot, of, a lot of possession, a lot of control over those kind of areas. And that's where they're going to have their joy. Yeah, let's hope Liverpool have spent the week making sure they're not being able to be played through like Napoli just completely tore them apart. I'm going to be slightly more optimistic and go for a 3-2. I agree, it's going to be a goal fest, I think. I can see Liverpool conceding at least one, let's be honest, at least two. And <laughs> hopefully they can get their act together and score some more goals. And Michael Statham, thank you so much for joining me. A brilliant insight into Ajax and all things Eredivisie. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter, at Eredivisie Mike. But for myself, Patrick Smith, thank you all very much for watching and listening along. Be sure to keep up to date with all the pre-match build-up and post-match reaction to Ajax's visit to Anfield. We'll bring you everything you need, including Jürgen Klopp's press conference. But for myself, it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.